Hello, and welcome to this short lecture from the History Teachers Talking Podcast. I am Peter Zablocki. My fellow history teacher and best friend Tom Reska and I co-host full-length episodes of History Teachers Talking Podcast, where we decided to supplement the longer episodes with these short lectures that will be brought to you by either myself or by Tom and dispersed between our regularly scheduled topics and conversations. You probably listen to the radio every single time you get in the car, whether you're streaming music or you listen to satellite radio or just plain old radio, which actually... According to recent studies, 95% of Americans still listen at least once a week, highly likely in the car. So how do radio get started? Well, let's find out. It was 1922 when Americans went mad over a wonderful new toy. It was called the radio. And it seemed as though everyone wanted to buy a set. The trouble was that there just weren't enough to go around. People visited the homes of friends, lucky enough to have radios. To hear these radios, they had to use earphones. People took turns listening. They were amazed. Imagine hearing voices and music that came from the air. To people in 1920s, this was unbelievable. Well, how did it all begin? Well, an Italian inventor, Guglielmo Marconi, made the first radio in 1895. But Marconi's radio could only send Morse code messages. It could not send voices or music. On the radio, the code is made up of many dots that stand for letters. It sounds very much like static. Five years later, the first human voice was sent by radio. Soon, there were thousands of amateur radio operators. They were called hams. They talked to each other by radio. In 1920, Dr. Frank Conrad set up an amateur radio station. He operated it above his garage in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Soon, Dr. Conrad got a pleasure surprise. Many nearby hams were picking up his broadcasts. After a while, Dr. Conrad got tired of talking to these hams. So he simply began to play records for them and to give himself a rest. More and more people began listening to his broadcasts. And they continued asking for different things besides music, such as baseball and football scores. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Before long, a Pittsburgh store advertised radio sets that could pick up Dr. Conrad's broadcasts. Dr. Conrad worked for the Westinghouse Company. The company thought that a radio could mushroom into a big thing. It decided to build a station that would make regular radio broadcasts as a business. The station, which was in a little box-shaped room, was built on a roof of the Westinghouse factory in East Pittsburgh. Its call letters were KDKA. On the night of November 2nd, 1920, KDKA made the first regular radio broadcast in America. What did it say? It broadcast the results of the election for President of the United States held that very same day. It announced that Warren G. Harding was the winner. About 500 people heard the broadcast. They were excited about hearing the news from the sky, as they told it. Major stories were printed about the broadcast in the newspapers. And before long, almost everyone 
had to have a radio. KDKA began broadcasting music by a live band. The band actually played from a tent that was set up on the roof. KDKA also broadcast church services and speeches. The next summer, another station was set up. This one broadcast an important boxing match between Jack Dempsey and George Camp Carpentier of France. The fight took place in Jersey City, New Jersey on July 2nd, 1921. And during the fight, the radio transmitter or the sender, got hot and began to smoke. At the end of the fight, the transmitter melted completely, but 200,000 people heard the fight before it happened. Radio was a success. Soon, stations began springing up in many parts of the United States. In 1922, Ed Wynn, a famous comedian, was about to broadcast from a studio. But Wynn couldn't work without an audience. The announcer rounded up electricians, telephone operators, and they became the first studio audience. Soon, they were laughing at Wynn's jokes, and Wynn was able to go on with the show. Within a few years, radio became a big business. Business people formed companies called networks to broadcast shows coast to coast. Everyone listened to the news reports, popular singers and comedy shows that were on every week, and everyone in the country heard the same news and entertainment at just about the same time. Radio was the future. It was the television, it was the internet, it was the social media of its time. Hope you enjoyed the short lecture. See you guys next week. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week, wherever you get your podcasts.